Well, Razorback fans, it is a Wednesday, so we're going to bring back What If Wednesday. And you're probably not going to be happy about it, but we got to talk about what if the Arkansas Razorbacks have a bad season this season. Well, let's talk about it on today's Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college or enter in promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a free white tech hat with any purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. Uh, yeah, that white tech hat I was actually wearing on the podcast yesterday was the exact one. It's pretty sweet, so be sure to check it out there with Bird Dogs. So, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of going on that's new and developing here in Razorback land as far as the uh, landscape of the football team and fall camp and all that. I know it's got a lot of people's attention and rightfully so. But, uh, you know, I was kind of thinking about some other kind of topics that have been thrown around and discussed because, as you know, I'm excited. I'm, I'm positive about everything. It's 10 days away for Razorback football. Brandon Allen days away from Razorback football. And there's a lot of reasons, good reasons, to be excited about where things are going. Uh, I think that uh, one thing that Sam Pittman said at the Little Rock Touchdown Club today, which we'll talk about some of the comments that he did make, was about the offensive line and his concerns there and uh, possibly some other things. But overall, the excitement level continues to build. You're excited. I'm excited. The American people are excited to have Razorback football back. But with all that positivity and all that, that good feeling, I think it always needs to be addressed. And the fact of what if. What if Arkansas does not have a great season? What if Sam Pittman has a year similar to what it was last year or possibly even worse? And I think that that's probably where we need to start is defining what a bad year is. To me, this is just to me, a bad season is going five and seven or worse. Like not making it to a bowl game is a bad failure of a season. I would even hear arguments for some that would say, Going six and six is a bad season. I'd hear arguments for that because I feel like doing what you did last year when it seems you have a much better team this season than you did last year overall with a little bit of an easier schedule, you would think that that would be considered a bad season. So it just depends on your perspective of it. But to me, a bad season overall is going having a losing record because even if you go six and six, but then you lose the bowl game and finish six and seven. That's bad. It's a bad season. So let's start with that right there. What if Arkansas goes and has a losing season? Well, I think a lot of things would end up happening from that. And of course, all of it would be bad. But first off, and probably most importantly, many people would start to question Sam Pittman and whether or not he's the right man for the job. I wouldn't be one that would call for his head if he went six and six. Uh, I don't think that would be that extreme for me, at least. But knowing what Sam Pittman had to change from last season and knowing who he has on the team this year, knowing this, the star players that he has on this team, to go with a losing record off of a 7-6 and six year, when, again, it looks like you have a better team overall this season, there's going to be some hell to pay for it, just to be honest. Uh, I don't know if it's going to lead to the firing of more assistant coaches. I don't know if it would mean that uh, something would be 
you know, have to happen within the organization itself. Like, I, I don't know exactly what that would look like from, you know, personnel perspectives. But if you end up having a year like that, and then on top of that, you lose KJ Jefferson to the draft, you lose Rocket Sanders to the draft, you lose uh, all the transfers that you brought in, essentially, uh, you would lose Dwight McLaughlin, you would lose, um, uh, again, all the, the, the transfer defensive players that a lot of them, at least most of them, the defensive line that's looked so good and that you've heard so much praise about, you lose most of them. Uh, you'd lose probably a lot more to the transfer portal that were on the team that would have some eligibility left, but they'd probably leave after that. Like you would have quite a, a thing where you go from absolutely loving life and feeling good about it to now you're having to replace a bunch of players that were star players on a team that wasn't even good. That's and and, and going into 2024, knowing that schedule and knowing you got Oklahoma and Texas joining the conference. That's not helping matters at all. Like Sam Pittman would be in a bad spot because if they were to go with a losing record this year, I keep wanting to say go six and six, but I want to keep saying losing record. If they end up having a losing record this season, who's to think and who would feel confident at all that they would be better next season? Better next season where they have Tennessee and Texas and LSU and Ole Miss at home, but still have to go to Auburn, Mississippi State, and Missouri. And then A&M and Arlington, then go to Oklahoma State in the non-conference. Like, is anybody feeling confident that, oh, well, I know they had back-to-back years of six and six or worse, or they had to lose it. They went from nine and four to seven and six to five and seven or whatever. But no, no, no. This is the year when they lost all their great players and their quarterback and their uh, NFL caliber players. This is the year with even a harder schedule, they're going to have a better season. No one's feeling confident about that. And no, and, and rightfully so. Like, I'm not going to argue with anybody that's going to be pissed about that like i will be if that happened but you're, you're just in a spot where i don't know if that would be what you what what be, lead to sam Pittman getting fired like I, I don't think you would get to that point it would still take again it's always depends on who you lose to as well i think if arkansas started off awful and then finished strong but still you know barely made it into a bowl game or whatnot went six to six that would be a lot better than starting off strong and then completely failing at the end, losing to like your, your, all your home SEC games, something to that extent. Because that would essentially be what would happen. If you were to go six and six, I mean, that's assuming you win four non-conference games, that'd be two SEC wins that you may or may not get at home. So there's a possibility that you could lose, end up losing all of those. So uh, it, it would just be a disastrous season, a disastrous time. And again, I would start questioning Sam Pittman. I would start doing it. I think that the, the coaching hires that he's made and that's come in, it suddenly would be looking like, okay, maybe these weren't the right guys. As exciting as it may have been, the, these guys aren't it. They ain't ready. Because if, if like you're Dan Enos, for instance, and again, let's just make it clear just for those of you who may be taking this the wrong way. This is just a what if. Just a what if. I'm not predicting this is going to happen. It's just a what if. But if you were to bring in Dan Enos and he's got all these offensive pieces and, and a KJ Jefferson and, and a Rocket Sanders and all these players and he can't get the offense going, he ain't it. Like if he can't get it going with those guys, then who can he get it going with? And it's kind of the same thing with the defensive side of the ball with Travis Williams. Like it's not to say that the they have the same amount of great caliber players that the offense does, but the defense was about as bad as it could be last season, especially in the secondary. And you've added a lot better depth the defensive line has gotten a lot more improved 
Uh, the secondary has gotten a lot more improved. And if you did not build upon that and get better at it and it was problematic, then who's, then how are you going to be better the next year? Like, how would you feel confident in saying that, oh, no, they'll be fine, they'll be better the next year? And I think it would really put not only Sam Pippen in a really tough spot, but just Arkansas fans in general where fear would start to come in of like, man, I, like if, if, you know, if we want to move on from Sam Pippen, that's great, but who do you go to? Who do you hire? You know, what's the outlook look like? What, what, what does the situation look like for Arkansas in athletics and, and, and in football? We know it's the most important sport on campus. What does that even look like? You know, there's only so much that NIL can do for you in recruiting or, you know, facilities and everything you do in recruiting. You got to have some sort of standard that can be met. And if it's not being met, it, it's going to be tough to continue to, to build it back and to get it going, especially when the SEC continues to improve. Somebody's got to finish last. I get it. I don't think it's going to be Arkansas, but there's always those doomsday scenarios. And if there's one thing in my life that I have learned about being an Arkansas Razorback fan, no matter the sport, is that if there is ever a worst case or a doomsday scenario, it is always a strong possibility. It's always an absolute chance that it will happen. So you can't always take it out of the table. Like there's no guaranteed wins. Like even this year, this this first game against Western Carolina, I ain't guaranteed. I ain't betting on that. Like you just forget it. Falling for that trap too many times. But what if it happens? It'll just be a, it'll be a stuck situation, almost in a purgatory, because you're not going to fire Sam Pittman. You just hire these new offensive and defensive coaches. Are you gonna, you know you're just going to straight up fire them? Try to hit the portal, maybe because you lose all these players. Like you're in a purgatory. You're stuck in a bad spot. Nobody wants to be in the purgatory. So, say all that to say this. I don't think it's going to happen. I still think positivity. I still think Arkansas is going to be great this year. Much better. Much improved. Better than even what people are predicting. But, can't ever rule it out. Because it could absolutely happen. But let's just uh, skip that and, and get to something a little bit more positive. Which we'll talk about with Arkansas getting some more awards. Coming their way, at least preseason awards. But folks... I got to tell you about bird dogs. Listen, bird dogs, uh, you've heard me talk about them and I can't stop wearing them. I know that that's kind of the the cliche thing to say, especially when it comes to their tagline, but I'm serious. Like I wear them as many times as possible. I have three different pairs and then five days of the week, they're they're all three getting worn. And as soon as I can wash them, I'm going to wear them again because they're so comfortable. They look good. They feel good. They prevent any sort of riding up on me. and, and, And it's just, it's almost, it's like, I can sit here and explain it to you, but until you try them, you really are missing out. You really have never lived. Like you feel like you're just like in, in a whole nother world of attire. I mean it, you got to try them out. And, and if you haven't, it, it's about a, as good as you could ask. Cause I've worn them to play golf, worked great. I wore them to work. They worked great. I wore them just around the house. Worked great. I even wore them when I went out on a date and I promise you that wasn't the reason why we didn't have a second one for something else. It wasn't for the bird dogs. In fact, she even complimented me on my bird dog. So try them out, folks. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter in promo code locked on college for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college or promo code locked on college for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, so moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, a few more awards, preseason awards, recognition, however you want to put it, come in Arkansas's way uh, with the All-SEC team coming out for the coaches poll. And Arkansas actually had six. Six players mentioned in the 2023 preseason coaches All-SEC distinction. What it's called. Yeah, get out of here with that. Uh, so you had two first-team players. You had Dwight McLaughlin and Rocket Sanders. Okay. I mean, Rocket's going to be on there no matter what. He was a preseason second-team All-American. But Dwight McLaughlin being there on first team is big news, and that's cool. I'm glad that he got put on there. He deserves it. You had those at the first team. And then the second team, you had K.J. Jefferson, Brady Latham, and Bo Limmer. Isn't that funny that, like, again, K.J.'s people on the Jaden Daniels grind. Okay. Whatever. Uh, but they got uh, K.J. Jefferson there. That makes sense. But Brady Latham and Bo Limmer, isn't it funny that we have talked about the concern that Sam Pittman has for the depth, especially of the offensive line, yet you at least have two offensive linemen that are considered to be second-team All-SEC, or at least in the mix there. I know it takes more than just two. You need five of them. I know it's more about depth than it is about talent. But it's not like you're without anybody. And you got some two good ones right there. And I think that they're going to have a great year, too. And then finally, the Cam Little, the kicker, who we actually talked about yesterday, ironically enough. He was placed on the third team All-SEC recognition by the coaches. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I absolutely despise third team awards. It's football. Okay, first team is perfect. It's good. It's the way it should be. Second team, you know, it's whatever. I, I, I think it's like an honorable mention is how it should be looked at. Second team should be looked at as an honorable mention, as in, well, you know, they had a really good year and it was really close, but these were the guys that were just right there, possibly being the best players at their position. And then you cut it off. You cut it off. You're done. Nobody needs a third team all SEC or All-American, or whatever. It's even gotten so absurd that sometimes we see fourth teams. And if that happens, you, you need to chill out. You need to relax. You need to reevaluate your life if you're putting out a fourth team. Because I'm like, well, just put out everybody on the team. Everybody in the conference gets on the, on the list. So if they start throwing people on there you never even heard of. It's like, oh, G- uh, Jim Bob Johnson. Oh, yeah, he was great. Well, what did he do last year? Ah, nothing. He didn't play. Well, why is he on the list? Well, you had to put somebody on the list. <laughs> okay. So I, I despise third teams, and especially fourth. Fourth teams is dumb. Both of them are dumb. So, and that's no offense to Cam Little at all. I'm not trying to, you know, downplay his, his, his recognition or anything. I'm just spitting my own opinion that I really, really hate how they tried to make it all so many teams and whatnot. But uh, the, the question I had, though, is of the players, and we'll just use the top five players and not any third-team players. We'll just use the ones that made on the first and second team. Those five players, talking about Dwight McLaughlin and Rocket at first, and then KJ Jefferson, Brady Latham, and Bo Limmer on the second. Of those six players, or five players, who do we think, or who do I think, by the time the season comes to an end and the actual award comes out for the season's postseason awards, who is on that list? Well, I'll tell you this. Rocket Sanders and KJ, for sure, no questions asked, they will be on that list. I think even Brady Latham will be on the list, too. Bo Wimmer, we'll see. We'll see. But Brady Latham, I think, will be on the list. I think Dwight McLaughlin will be. But I have a feeling he'll probably be on the second team, if anything, because, as we know, 
postseason, people fall in love with those Georgia, Bama, LSU players. Even if Dwight McLaughlin is better than them, well, they were on a, on a better team and whatnot. Like, they'll, they'll give them the nod. So even though I think Dwight McLaughlin may be deserving of being on the first team, he may not actually get to be on the first team because of that fact. But I think there'll be more players than just that. I, I, I still believe that Isaac Tesla will be a player that's an all-SEC caliber player at the end of the year. I think so. I believe you'll have a defensive lineman for sure on Arkansas's team. Maybe even two. That'll be first-team all-SEC or second-team all-SEC. I think you'll have either Landon Jackson or Trajan Jeffcoat. Maybe both. One of those guys, at least one of those guys, is going to be on the postseason all-SEC list, in my opinion. So I think you'll have them. And, I mean, those would be the only ones I would say that I'm 100% confident in. Not to say that you couldn't have another secondary player on there. And not to say you couldn't have a linebacker on there or a tight end. You know, but I, I feel like that's, that's where those players are really going to be looking at their best. So they have at least five. They get at least five next year. That D-line, I keep talking about it, keep hyping it up. I know you're probably sick of it. But I just have so much confidence that this is going to be a whole new year for them. And they're really going to take that next step further. And I cannot wait to see them getting after some of these quarterbacks in the SEC. I cannot wait. Uh, folks, we'll talk about something that Sam Pittman actually had to say at the Little Rock Touchdown Club today here in just a second. But folks, I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Markel. From Fayetteville to El Dorado and everywhere in between, Markel has been helping Arkansas small business communities for over 30 years. Markel is a global specialty insurer with a truly people-first approach. And to them, insurance is more than just a piece of paper. It's a promise to help people get back on their feet. We spend a third of our lives working, so on-the-job injuries can be expected. You work hard to build your business, so it's important to make sure that you and your employees have the right insurance coverage. Whether you're new to the business or celebrating a 25th year anniversary, whether you have one employee or just 1,000 employees, Markel aims to understand your workers' compensation insurance needs. So find a local independent agent to get free workers' compensation insurance quote today at markelinsurance.com slash locked on. That's M-A-R-K-E-L, insurance.com slash locked on. Markel, insuring America's small businesses since 1930. Insurance carrier coverage, dividends, and services availability may vary by state. Markel is a registered trademark of Markel Group, Incorporated. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Um, I, I wanted to play this clip, but uh, there's some some diciness with the copywriting and everything, so I wasn't going to just to not risk it, so I apologize. But, uh, again, Sam Pittman met with the Little Rock Touchdown Club today, and he went on The Zone on 103.7 The Buzz, the show that's before mine, and he was just only there for a few minutes. But one of the things that he brought up that seemed to have a lot of people talking was when he was mentioning the game in Little Rock in a Memorial Stadium. And was talking about the amount of times that they have to be away from their home stadium. And when he, when he put it into this perspective, it was really surprising because he said, and it's true, that Arkansas's first eight games of the season, first eight games, three of them are in Fayetteville. Like, who else in major college football has that happen? Where eight of their first eight games, or three of their first eight games are not in their home stadium. That's just, it's baffling to me. And those three games, you're talking about Kent State, BYU, and I guess Mississippi, no, is it Mississippi State or Auburn? 
always get it mixed up. I should probably know that. But anyways, it, so you got two non-conference and an SEC game at the end. That's awful. And so, of course, people took it about as, oh, you know, he's hating on Little Rock, hating on the War Memorial game, blah, 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 blah. And it started the great stadium debate, and I'm not trying to have that. I'm not trying to be boring about it, but I'm just being realistic about it, though, folks. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You're not going to have games. It's like 2024 is the final game in Arlington against A&M, at least. That's when the contract's up, 2024. 2025, the game against Arkansas State and War Memorial is the last game on contract that you will be playing at War Memorial if you're the Razorbacks. I don't know about what the contracts will hold after that. I just know that that's when, as of right now, those contracts end. And I'm telling you right now, that Arkansas State game in Little Rock at War Memorial Stadium will be the final game in War Memorial. Now, maybe they do a random, every so often, in-state game against UCA or UAPB or whoever, randomly. But as far as consistently, that, game's, that game in War Memorial is not going to exist anymore. And it's time. It has nothing to do with the people that go to those games or the people in the stadium or anything like that. You just can't be losing out on home games. Can't lose out on home games, and you can't be an SEC team that plays in a stadium like that. Like, you got a palace that you play in up in Fayetteville, and you got to treat it as a road game because it is technically a road game because you have to pack up and go on the road to War Memorial Stadium that's got 55,000 people at best that is not a very nice stadium, doesn't have the same student section atmosphere or anything like that, just doesn't have it. You can't continue to do that. You just can't. You're losing out on too much. It's costing you money to play there. You can't have recruits and hosting. Like, you just can't do it. But 2024, when they in it, when the game in Arlington, it's kind of the same thing. But the only difference is, and I could be wrong about this, I'm, I'm just going off of what I remember reading, is that Arkansas and A&M both make $5 million per game that, in that game. So they're at least making a lot of money doing it. And I think if you're the Razorback football program, if you had to choose one or the other, it's like, do we play in Arlington against somebody? It doesn't have to be A&M, but just do we play in Arlington at AT&T Stadium, Dallas Cowboy Country, every year, or do we play at War Memorial? It's an easy, easy pick. AT&T Stadium, Pro Stadium, Dallas, Texas, NFL Stadium. Most people would dream to play in a stadium like that, and you get to do it every year. So... That's what it comes down to. It's going to come to an end. There will be some people that are mad, but it's time. It's time for it to come to an end. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to say we're dividing the fan base. It's just time. It's time. That's all it is. Appreciate everybody listening in to Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter, Buzz John Neighbors, for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.